motorcycles and misfits coming to you Woo-hoo. from the Recycle Garage in rainy Santa Cruz. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that we, I woke up this morning to that pitter patter, and it wasn't me whittling the bed. It was <laughs> rain, real rain, and it's been on and off all day. Now you see the thing is with California, it's oh we need the rain. We need the rain. I like the sunshine. I'm sorry, I like the sun. If I had my way, the sun would shine every day. You know, we're technically in a rainforest. Santa Cruz is technically a rainforest. So Huh. Well, yeah. I suppose rain's inevitable. Years ago. Well boo. Well um, that's why we get the fog, the marine layer, right? Anyway, here we are in the studio. Here we are. And who is with us in the studio? Well, I shall tell you. Sitting at the board, looking regal in mustard color, <laughs> it's Johnny. <laughs> hey, everybody. What's up? Stumpy John here. Yay, yay. Now, um, sitting with me on the classy girl couch is a favorite. I don't know. Which, I mean, are you a paramedic, Jonathan? I am a paramedic. So our favorite paramedic, Noran, very, very good guy, and... KTM 500 rider and BMW briquette rider, Jonathan. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> and joining us, oh, you, we've got a treat for you. The newlyweds. Oh, so cute. <laughs> yes, cute as a button. It is Charlie and Micah. Yes, it is I. Yes, it is you. Yo, yo, yo. Wiki, wiki. And joining us... <laughs> <laughs> Get in here! <laughs> he just walked in, closed the door. Get. Did you start? Oh yeah. No, oh, we yeah. did. No, we wouldn't start without you, Jim. No, no we would. <laughs> honestly, we wouldn't start without you. It's. All this candy for you tonight. We were just we're, practicing. Yeah, give it to Mike. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Hateful. We're doing a sound check right now. We are doing a sound check. So, um. I'm actually going to eat this right this second, Jim? so thank awesome. you. <laughs> Sound check. One, two, three. <laughs> Jim looks so upset right now. <laughs> no, I'm more confused. I've been drinking champagne since like nine this morning. Oh, you... Hi, Chew. Why stop? Pineapple. Yes. Who said I'm stopping? Mango. From this 805 that I got Micah and she doesn't want. Oof. That would put me to sleep. Now, um... We do have another member who will be joining us, the always delightful Bagel, but um, he um, Bagel has an ancient computer that <laughs> I think there's a hamster in a wheel in the back, and he has to coerce the hamster with a carrot or whatever. Well, sometimes you. the bearings go bad, so it's harder for him to run. <laughs> yes, exactly. So um, Bagel will be joining us when the steam stops coming out of the back of his computer. <laughs> but we have an action-packed show for you tonight. As you're well aware, of course, Liza is still in Pakistan. Yep. Um, do you know the most unnerving thing about that whole trip? I keep seeing Liza in girl clothes. That's been pretty surprising. It is quite troubling, yeah. actually. Yeah. It's not something I'm used to seeing. It's pretty amazing. Like, I don't typically check out Facebook, but a friend of mine asked me today, like, hey, what's Liza up to? I'm like, I don't know. So I bound it on Facebook and checked out her posts. Oh, my God. The last, whatever, six or seven days. Mm-hmm. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, it, really it really is. is. If you look at what's, yeah. what they chalk up, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. They're in Hunza Valley right now, which is one of my favorite places on earth. Well, and they're riding those bikes with like 13,000 feet. They're watching yeah. all the yeah. ceremonies. They're eating all the food. Yeah, they're having such a good time. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, but hang on. I mean, how long's the flight to get there? One, a day. 
a day. So you are not going to basically spend a day on an aeroplane and take it easy. You want to see everything. You want to you want to pack as much into that vacation as you possibly can. Yeah. But it's funny, you know, when you're away, I'm, I'm looking back to um, Kat and Emma's Alpine adventure. It was only a week, but it, it's we packed a lot into that week. Because mm-hmm. you're flying halfway around the world. I oh, mean, yeah. you don't want to be a slacker. Yeah, I was, we did so much in Pakistan. I was wiped out when I got home, but that's what you got to do. I'm not going that far to, you know, lay on couches. Right, exactly. But she's safe, which is great. Everybody else is safe. Um, she hasn't been eaten by a llama or anything <laughs> like that. Um, and I think they, I mean, Liza always has a good time in Pakistan. It's become our home from home. And it's wild, yeah. I mean, there's crashes, there's high elevation, they're, they're like riding hand-carved roads. You got to go, Jim. You would love it. Mm. I just want to go to Idaho, man. Well, Can I go. just go to Idaho? Oh, let's go. Yeah. I love Idaho. <laughs> Wasn't that a B-52 song? You're living in your own private Idaho. It was, oh, yeah. Yes. That's right. One of their best, I feel. Yes. Yes. Anyway, action-packed show. Um, What did we do today? Not much. Watched it rain. Good Lord, it rained in California. You know, Jim, you are such a dear. Good Lord. I came down at 11 o'clock, and it was pouring down because I promised to open up while Isa was away. And, of course, you can't text and drive, so I got out. And the first thing I see was a text from Jim. It was you, a picture of an eggplant, wasn't it? Yes. <laughs> oh, you sent me one of those, too. <laughs> Everybody gets one. I that. thought it was an eggplant. Anyway, so are you opening up? And I said, yes, of course. But then you showed up pretty soon afterwards, and we hung out. I did. Like I said, I got waylaid a little bit this morning. But yeah, I, 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 I enjoy our one-on-one time. Mm-hmm. We chatted. We laughed. Yeah. We mostly just laughed. We, yeah, we, we laid we, by champagne, or what were we laid by? All the things. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I was in the woods for the last couple of days, so yeah. I came home to a warm welcome. Um. So I'd like a little ride report from you, and it was a quiet day at the garage, but we did, um, seems the thing we do the most down at the garage are four so sales. I, I think this describes the garage in a good way. The guy came down, the dude, the young dude, with a, with a big card, cardboard box that looked expensive, and he pulled out a, a fork leg that was bent at a 45 degree angle, yes. and that was considered a success. Yes. It didn't it was start full, like... Was it a V-Strom 650? It was a V-Strom 650. And we're not going to shame other shops because that's not what we do. But he took it into a shop to have the fork seals done. And we're not going to get into the ways and way of force. But they messed up the fork slider, which is the aluminium bit that goes on the bottom of a fork. Or the top, if you have upside-down forks, I suppose. But anyway, they messed that up. And they're not that easy to get. If you need the tubes, if you need the chrome steel tubes, you know, every Tom, Dick and Harry's got them. But the but the aluminum part, couldn't even get them new. Suzuki have discontinued What them. else do those fit on, though? Well, that's it. That's, I mean, these the V-strums. Huh? So I said, well, look, let's go, on to, let's go on to Flea Bay and see if we can find a used fork leg. And the only thing we could find is this <laughs> was just bent like a banana. <laughs> but I said, hey, look. The fork slider is good, mm-hmm. so let's buy it. And he he only paid a hundred bucks for it. Yeah, and we we cannibalized it. We took all the good parts from the bent one, and all the bad parts from the straight one. Made one good fork leg, which worked epically. Awesome. And then, um, well deserving. You know, it was funny because I was talking to a friend this morning. I was trying to describe the garage, and they're like it's pouring rain. Right, thankfully. 
And like, is the garage going to be open? And I said, it will be because there's going to be somebody that has to go to work on Monday right. that has their bike all jacked up that really needs to get this thing back up on the road. And that was Brendan. And, I, and it, so, so I, we hung out this morning for a while. Then I went back home and I, that was a story I told. That was the person that showed up. Exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. And, you know, Brendan works at a deli, seven, seven days a week operation. And apparently the couple of weeks that his bike's been here waiting for parts, been pleading with his boss oh please let me have the weekend off so i can fix fix my bike so anyway but he pulled that fucked up fork leg out of the box (laughs) (laughs) and you're like perfect that's all we need Mm. that's all we need and for a hundred bucks we got all the parts we needed and i mean suzuki wanted god how much i even if you could have bought a brand new one and it's a long discontinued part, I think Suzuki wanted four or five hundred bucks for the slider. Mm. So, you know, you get what you get. And that's that. So that was really the extent of work in the garage. That's hmm. not true. Andy did some stuff on his bike today. Oh yeah, Andy Stadenko. Andy showed up, which was Oh, get awesome. out of here. No. Andy from yeah. Colorado. That yeah. dude mobs. I don't even know how to describe how that guy right. Was he on that crazy no, choppery he, thing? He bought an XR 650L, um, and it's going to probably be one of the safest road trips he's ever done. Probably. No, it won't. No, that guy he doesn't do anything. He's box, awesome. Box doctors. He was complaining about uh, his bikes and stuff today and riding back with this thing, and I was like, are you kidding me? You have done way stupider shit on motorcycles oh my gosh. than ride on this thing. Yeah, that guy builds things. What? Why is he out here? I bought a bike. Yeah, bought the XR650L. I was really excited to have it. It's a bike that he has some history with. It's a family friend's bike that he's ridden for a little while uh, when he's been in town. And so he finally has the chance to own it. Yeah, he used to, when he first came around, he was building choppers out of mopeds and things. Mm -hmm. Remember all that? Now he's building just crazy choppery things. Absolutely. And And he rides all over. (laughs) <laughs> no so um yeah so andy just he did a chain and did some maintenance work mm-hmm. ready for the ride back and that looks like it um but we have an action-packed show tonight um jonathan's back and i think we want to do a little more on this paramedic stuff um there's so much there i mean you could come on every week jonathan and talk about this and we could still not even scratch the surface but before we get to you, we have a ride report. And not just a ride report, we have a ride report, a race report, and a crash report all in one. From my Well, co- not technically a race report, just a track day report. Okay. We're not racing anyone but ourselves. Well, well yeah, you're racing well, the clock, I mean, darling. Yeah. That's true. So, I mean, I've since you two were married... I'm kind of treating you as sort of one entity. It's not Mike and Charlie anymore. It's Mike and Charlie. It's one word. Well, but you could go by our. It's either Hatler or Hat or Hatler. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were talking about combining our names for a little while, but the options were Hatler or Millfield. Oh, I like um, Millfield. Neither are good options. No, I like Millfield. 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 You're a man oh. of Millfield. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> a field of milfs. So decided I mean, not oh, to go Oh, now I get ways. it. Yes. Yeah. I didn't get that. Um, so, well, I mean, That's my you vote, know, by the way. I still support it. I, <laughs> I feel, you know, I am the old schooler. I, I feel it's... The old school milf. Oh, I see, I see a name on the screen. 
Could it possibly be? Could it be? Bagel coming heavy. Yes, bagel it is co- I. It's yes. bagel! Yes! yes. You made it. If- well done, bagel. Yes, thank you. I'm still working on the computer, but I got some audio for now. Well, please forgive us for starting without you, but it's never the same without you, but I know you are computerly challenged. Now, is it your actual computer, or is it just the area of the world that you choose to live, (laughs) or a combination of both? Well, well, I mean, it's a little bit of both, but it's it's really my computer is is aging, not not so gracefully, and... Mm. uh, there are parts that are being waited on and have been waiting on for quite a while. So I'm hoping it'll be fixed soon. Well, fingers crossed, Bagel. Fingers crossed, oh, darling. Um, so anyway, um, so um, no, I'm from the old school. I think it'd be polite to start with you, Micah. So um, yeah. we get just the the track day report from you. Yes. Don't we? Absolutely. So tell us all about it. Yeah, well, we've been doing a lot more track this year. Now that I'm involved in Z2 teaching Road Rider, we've been doing a whole lot more track, which means that I'm not fast, but I'm faster than I was. Um, I recently, so we went a couple weeks ago and I got to drag my right knee for the first time. Well, first I did my left knee for the first time in over a year and then was my right knee that same weekend, which was super, super exciting. I dragged my left knee before, but I had been, uh, I took eight months off of track when we were wedding planning um, just because we were so busy with that process. So I just took some time. What are you writing? Oh, I've got my Ninja 300 for a track. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty much stock. I've got a couple fun parts on it, but uh, nothing too exciting. Just things to make it a little bit more comfortable for writing. My tech specs, my woodcraft rear sets and things like that. My um, flips here. Woodcraft rear sets. <laughs> woodcraft rear sets. <laughs> uh, good Christmas presents. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, so I that was really, really, really exciting. We got some good feedback from instructors that weekend. Did a lot of writing. The last time before we'd been to Thunder Hill, it was just a little bit of a miserable heat weekend. So I only did three sessions that time. This time when we went, I did, I think, like, I think I did 10 sessions the first day and eight the next, something like that. So I really got a lot more writing and doing BNC group, which was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, those bikes will rip in the stock format. Like, you you don't have to do that much to them if you're not like a crazy, like, weight spectrum. Well, on a shorter track. That's a big track. Well, I know, but it's not. A super long distance track but technique is everything i mean that's one of the fun things about riding a small bike on thunder hill we did uh, east which is the speed track um right. and part which of the fun is. of that is that you as a little bike have to keep all the corner speed because if you want to be able to it's keep momentum. up with yeah. the fast bikes who are who can just park it in the corners and go really fast in the straightaways you need to keep your corner speed there Wouldn't. is however a pretty large speed delta in the straightaway because like your little bikes are topping out at like 100 mm-hmm. which and is so frustrating when someone's parking it in front of you yeah. in the corners all the mm-hmm. time and then they pass you on the straight again oh well but then the like the leader bikes will do like 180 mm-hmm. and so they're just like so what are those bikes like out of the box, like a stock 300 as far as a bike? Like, have you done many modifications or is it kind of just stock and you you run it and it's awesome? Yeah, basically that. I bought it um, <laughs> when, we, when we got it. It was actually it had a non-California legal exhaust on it. And I got the guy to go down on price because of the upgraded exhaust by citing that it's not California legal. So even though he paid more money for it, I got him to go down on price because of that. And that was a very proud buying the bike moment for me. <laughs> well done. Um, yeah. I taught you That's well. Yeah, because well, well, yeah. bike is the Because I'm a safety, safety instructor. instructor and I was like, oh, 
I could lose my job by writing something non-California legal. You got to go down on the price. Girl, blah, blah, the blah. melodrama. And then, oh, like a buying awesome. this motorcycle as a track as bike a track that bike. legally doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it had an upgraded exhaust when I got it. Um, I haven't. Uh, I still need to do some adjustments because sometimes when I downshift, it goes pop, 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 pop. So that's a fun and exciting thing to do next. I have more parts to put on it that I haven't done yet. Um, I like. I think that buying parts for motorcycles and applying them to the motorcycles are completely separate hobbies. Uh, <laughs> that's true. That's yeah. very well said. Yeah. Yes. But, I mean, yes. Besides some, you know, minor like ergonomic adjustments, you can go really fast on those bikes yeah. in the stock format. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's only like at Laguna or wherever Thunder Hill. There's only so many chances where you get to open it up in six right. gear. The rest of yeah. it's demon, you know, how demon late can you be on the brakes, right? right. Absolutely. It's and it's, it's funny, the Ninja has really taken the crown for the smaller track day bike now. For a long time, it was the R3. Mm. Yeah. And I think certainly the since the 400 came out. I the mean, it's, 400 oh. class really changed it. And that's why yeah. I have the Ninja 300 is because the 400 class, everyone's been switching to the 400s. And right. so uh, all of the 300 parts are suddenly a lot cheaper on Craigslist. Right. And it's not like you're getting a substantially less machine. 300 is a very, very capable bike. Yep. It's a super capable bike. I don't notice much of a difference between me and Charlie's bike power-wise. I mean, there's a little bit of a difference, but it's not super substantial unless you're really using all of it which charlie now is getting to that point um versus i'm really not there um the biggest difference for me between the 300 and the 400 is the body style the tank and stuff is slightly different his feels more angular um and a little bit slightly more forward versus mine is slightly more standard so uh sitting on both i think it's just a like do you have the body type for the 300 to feel comfortable for you? Or do you have the body right. type for the 400 to feel more comfortable for you? And I think that was a definite shift with Kawasaki. You know, the ninjas, they, they occupy an odd place in Kawasaki. For a long time, oh, ninja was the sport bike. And it's never been the sport bike. It's, it's more been the street bike. Mm. And the 300 was very much a street bike. Whereas yeah. with the 400, they said... Let's do something a little more dedicated to track day. And they made it a lot more forward, a lot more aggressive yeah, in absolutely. terms of riding position. It's it's far more focused as a as a as a track bike. And if you've got the body for it, that's great. But I feel for an everyday bike, yours is probably a lot more comfortable. I agree. Whenever my students are asking about uh, have interest in the ninjas, I always point them towards the 300s over the 400s, uh, mostly for that point. I tell them to sit on both and see what yeah. they like. But oftentimes the 300 is going to be more comfortable if they're doing anything except for corners. Right. Right. I mean, they're they're both good bikes. You're not going to really notice a huge power difference between the two. I mean, the 400 is nicer because it's newer. You know, right. you're, you're buying I mean, a, five, it, yes. a two-year-old bike versus yeah. a 10-year-old, you know. Um, I mean, his has ABS, which he disabled. Mine does not have ABS. So, yeah. I mean, now that his is off the bike, there's not much of a difference between that either. But, but as far as, like, you know, lap times on a track, like, I mean, you're talking a couple seconds. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm always so thrilled by your progress, Micah, because it really doesn't seem that long ago that you were always on the back of Charlie's bike. It's been a little while now. I've been riding about six, six and a half years now. But here you are. You've been through the process. You're an instructor. You're doing race days. You're grinding knees. 
Yes. What's like next? Killing it. Which is really satisfying. Next is to go faster. <laughs> I got to start actually using more throttle, less brakes. Okay. Or more throttle now, and more brakes. Use throttle sooner, use brakes later. Yeah. I re- realized that last time we did Thunderhill West, I um, applied my front brake and got about halfway down my lever before it actually started applying when I was th- thinking that it was going to happen sooner than that. Okay. Coming into a uh, pretty tight turn and managed to still make the turn, which means that even though I shit my pants a little bit, it, my braking marker can be a whole lot later because I still <laughs> made the turn. Are you going to stick with the 300 for a while? Oh, yeah. For quite a bit. unless Until I'm at a point where I'm doing a group I think that the Ninja 300 is going to be it for me I don't feel the need to graduate to more power until my riding ability is surpassing what I can do with my bike at the moment which is going to be quite a while i'm though i'm in b i was forcibly removed from c group um by my friends telling me you're dragging me you're passing people get the fuck out of c so now i'm finally in b doing a little bit more and as soon as i get a lot faster then i'll start looking for something else sage advice yeah yeah i think so sage advice i think the small bikes are a lot more fun in a group versus b group because in a group, you have people on the big bikes, but they're not parking in the turn, so you can you're not being held up by anybody, so right. you can just like focus on going, and you're not like ah oh, this dick, out, you know, break me, and I have to like get around him, and then he's like powering out of it, and then stopping again, and like you know. Well, this has dovetailed into you, Charlie. So, so you have a ride report, a track day report, and a crash report for us. Hooray. <laughs> That's why he's drinking that 32-ounce White Claw over there. Oh, yeah. Now I get it. <laughs> um, airbags are really good. <laughs> Were you wearing one? Yes. Yeah. The airbag worked. that I bought for Micah for Christmas, and it didn't work because they don't make airbags for women, and it ended up just fitting me. But Is that because yep. you bought it secretly for you? No. I actually, no. I, I'm teasing. He I'm got teasing. it for me, and then he sure replaced he it and got another one for me, and yeah. I've tried some on stores, and they just don't make them so that they are mm. comfortable for women body types yeah. yet, and so eventually I'll have to get a suit with one, but we until will, then we it's will, We will advocate for such. I, Absolutely. I am. I feel you're not the first husband in the world who is wearing his wife's clothes. <laughs> However, so maybe the first that inflate. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, how about that? Yeah. So, um, we call that the USS Minnow. Yes. Um, so let's talk about it. What happened? What do you do? Um, well, I dragged my elbow. Oh, that was such bullshit. I came in from the from Saturday on a on one of the days and or one of our. Uh, sessions I came back in and I was like I finally got my left knee down again and Charlie comes in at the end of his session he's like I got my elbow down motherfucker (laughs) awful yeah no we were looking at like our because they you know they take pictures of the track days and you can go into the little booth or whatever and you can like this is one on purpose I assume yeah yeah so so we were like looking at my pictures and like we were looking at this and I was like fuck I could drag my like elbow like because we were like if I just like move my elbow a little bit and like maybe lean the bike a little bit more it's like actually like a possibility okay and you know at this point in time you know it's like that's an unachievable goal like I mean dragging your knee is cool as shit but like you know you'll never drag your elbow like that doesn't happen that only happens when you crash um and then that next session I just went out and dragged my elbow and I was like holy fuck and then you know, got some pictures of it, kind of. But then you crashed. No, I no, crashed the next, the next day. day. Oh, that was the next day. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like 
you, oh, you no, drug yeah. your elbow and then five minutes later or maybe even oh, five no, like seconds. I was he, was trying to, he was trying to drag both elbows. <laughs> I, was, I was doing... <laughs> as he was leaving the bike. I was doing the, the whole session. I was purposely getting my elbow on the ground. That is amazing. Yeah. Is that wow. what they teach in school? No. <laughs> so, now, wait a minute. Um, now, I was actually going slower when I was doing it, too. Well... Was, yeah. So you were, you were just fucking around, is what he you was doing. doing it for the pictures because yeah. the photographer was yeah. intern too. Uh, and that, how'd that work out? Isn't that called grandstanding? <laughs> <laughs> so it was actually unlucky because he didn't actually get any photos of his elbow on the ground. He has it about a centimeter off the ground uh, every uh, single photo of that session. Yeah. But he has the puck mounted above the mantle place yeah. at home. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like Mike's uh, secret. Well, trophy. no, no, it's no. So it's, it's my my suit doesn't have an elbow slider, so it's just dragging the leather. <laughs> on my elbow so i did it for that session and i was like that's really cool i can do it now i'm gonna not do this anymore because i don't want to like burn a hole through my suit so um you're riding the ninja 400 yes. but you've done a ton of stuff to yours as not, well as mine no i mean for the most part it's stock as far as like no, no so, suspension so there's a jixer shock on it which is yes. super cheap but it's not like that great um and the, the forks are stock Oh right, the forks okay. are stock. Um, the you know the tires I was running the soft compound, um, right? You know, race tire. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. I done anything with a with a riding position? So there's like I have Woodcraft clip on, so it brings your hands a little bit lower for ergonomics, and then I have the rear sets, which you know ergonomically moves your feet up a little bit. I'm going to tell you something about Woodcraft rear sets. Is they're anodized black. Yep. However, when they get a bit of sun on them, the anodizing fades. Correct. And they become a wood color. Yep. Ah. Uh. <laughs> 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 wooden resets. By design? Yes. Well, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, it's woodcraft parts. Yes. You know, yeah. and then Chicken I, or the egg kind of thing. Yeah, right. I exactly. Put, I put a lot of like protection parts on it so like, well you always uh, got to wear protection yeah so they're, like there's the woodcraft like engine case covers and there's like the axle sliders for when you wad it yes. yes so as far as like actual performance th modifications there's not really much besides a shock and then i mean i've removed some weight with like taking the abs off and then taking all right the very nice but like i mean that. but it, like feel like a pro is racing like basically stock ninja yes. 300 oh, yeah. 400s they're yeah. they're great bikes for the track just from the factory right. so like i mean you can if you're in a in a really like wide spectrum of the weight category now you have you are going to have to adjust your spring rates and things like that okay but you can ride really fast and get i mean and, and get, get yourself in a yeah. lot of trouble so, and get your elbow down <laughs> yeah the day before you crash heavily yeah. and the rest of you down that's when he got his head down <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I, I did drug head so no, i just dragged the head i smacked my head yeah smacked the head with a brand I, new helmet yeah um not so, so new anymore so um Charlie, what happened, darling? Um, so Leader, step, spare no detail, because so any time anyone crashes, it's always great. So turn 14 <laughs> at Thunder Hill, which yes. is right before the straight, goes 14, 15, but they're kind of both the same turn. Left-hand turn? Right-hand. Right-hand right hand turn. Pretty yes. sharp. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, I was going, and I, like... What, ge what gear is the turn? I mean, I was going 65 miles an hour through GPS. But okay. I am probably going... I also uh, dragged my knee. That was the first time I dragged my right knee um, on Sunday in that turn. And I'm probably going like 
40 in that turn. It's a pretty, it can be a pretty slow turn. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a really hard turn. Like it, when you're in it, like the, so turn 14 is fairly straightforward, but turn 15, like the horizon kind of like makes it look like it's not there. So it's really hard to see like how wide the track is. So, so it's kind of, it, the turn's like designed to mess with you mentally. Are you, are you over full boat? What do you mean? Like uh, all the way? Yes. So well, you're all the way over, your knees down, your yeah. elbows nearly down, everything's down. Yeah, so like I my knees on the ground and then yes. the, the back end of the bike just started to slide out and I was like, This is bad. And I kinda tried to you know, when your bike starts to slide out, you don't want to like snap the throttle off or like do anything crazy. You wanna just kinda ride it through because you know, if you do well, anything aggressive it's gonna In the words of Yamaha Champ School, a tire can take an immense load, but not an abrupt load. Right. Um, but like if you cut your throttle, the tires for sure now grabbing, you know, and you're upsetting the chassis because you're leaned over so far. You don't have a lot of traction or right. suspension travel to begin with. So it's, right. it's a pretty shitty situation to be in. But yeah, it just started sliding over and then it caught and I high sided and now is, you know, disconnect from the bike flying through the air and it all happened pretty quick. So talk about high sidings like a serious thing that's pretty fucked up so 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 as you yeah. launched into the atmosphere well you know you're i mean you're launched what like 10 feet in the air or something like going 65 miles an hour yeah, like, it's not good yeah and so i mean i it's don't just the start usually yeah and i don't really remember most of it like i mean it's well, so i think it's quick yeah i think what ha- i think i i think i landed on my back and my head first and my helmet is fully cracked on the back side of it so it's a brand new carbon fiber bell race helmet cracked totally um the airbag worked really good um i you know and like the helmet worked awesome like, well it, i don't it, i don't have a concussion didn't get a concussion let's talk a little bit about the airbag because you're not the only misfit uh misfit um mike mike mccarthy yep. has just got an airbag yep. vest mm. as well Wait, did didn't we demo? I did. I was the one that demoed. You were the it. original. Yeah. That was like three or four years yeah. ago. So we're how like firing a hole. Yeah. Yeah. So how does this thing work on a lanyard? So as soon as you separate from the bike, the lanyard pulls and yeah. you're inflated. So we like tethered ones because we like to have a mechanical pull. Um, there are the, of course, um, plug-in, like the electric versions, whatever, where it just and has uh, accelerometers and stuff in it. But we like having a physical tug and that will blow up the co2 carpet and that, that, that's and a personal cool. preference i mean so, you have alpine stars on easy i mean they're all good airbags and they work so wirelessly. His, so he detached and you can yeah. see in his photos with his gopro because he had it on time lapse mode like a nerd um <laughs> yeah. and his tire or his tug that went off the tether. tether the tether tugged um yeah. and you can see in the photos where it kind of disconnects um and immediately it just he was walking off the track like marshmallow man yeah, and it like it encapsulates your chest and your um, back, and then around your neck, and so like that's also significant. I have students sometimes who ask me if they come from dirt biking, uh, why people don't ride on the street without with the um, without a neck brace, neck brace kind of stuff, um, and things like airbags have enough puff up that they'll often protect your they neck. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll the push you against the they base act, of the helmet and support you. They exactly. act as a neck brace. So now when you're sma- smacking your head on the ground, you're not also maybe breaking your neck or tweaking it. And you weren't smacking, you were dragging. No, I well, smacked it. It was no, a pretty it, good smack. If I, was dra- if I was dragging my helmet on the ground, there'd be scrapes, but these are cracks. Yeah. Yeah, the, I saw it. It was pretty pretty dramatic. Yeah. What kind of helmet? What, what it's helmet? a Bell carbon fiber like race helmet. It was brand cool. new. It was the first cool. time wearing it. 
Oh man, money well, money well spent. Yeah, no, I mean, I I didn't yeah. have a concussion. I went to the work neck the next day. My neck was a little sore, but like ultimately, all my protective gear worked out really well. I'd rather high side and smack my head on the ground with a brand new helmet than one that was ten years old. Like than one know. you got from the garage. Yeah, right. I mean. So here. now the obvious thing is the helmet you have to throw away. Yes. Yeah. The suit, do you get it um, so deflated and then reinflated? It depends on the airbag suit you buy. My Since I have a Helite, I can buy a $25 CO2 cartridge and plug it back in and wear it. Wow. So, so that's one of the reasons that also that we went with this one is because you can go out and crash your bike and then come back in and your suit is already deflated and you can plug in a new cartridge and go out 20 minutes later and crash your friend's bike. So there, it's safe to use over and over and over again and, and it doesn't have any like repackaging time. And, you don't have to send it off. And how much did you actually inflate? I mean, do you end up looking like it's, a Stay Puff Marshmallow Man? Or? It's pretty yes. substantial. I mean, it's yes. like probably four inches. Oh, wow. I remember like tubes, so. when we did it in the podcast, we had yeah. Charlie with back. We podcasted in the garage with the yeah. possums. And we put one on Charlie, and we had no idea, and we pulled the, the yep. thing on it like a life raft, you know, and boom. But it was very substantial, especially oh, yeah. around the neck and the head. Mm-hmm. It completely immobilized his head. I mean, it was really impressive. Well, and so that's the benefit of the external vests over the internal systems is that the external vests have a lot more freedom to expand more. Um, so the internal stuff works really good as well, but it's not as substantial and that's probably right. what i'm gonna have to go with when i buy a suit well and, eventually. The, and that's what that's what michael bought the internal vest that goes yeah. under a coat you can actually put it under any jacket yeah. but well, they say yeah. it works best with its own jacket well so the internal stuff you have to wear a jacket that is able to like it has to have stretch panels that'll mate to it because if you don't have stretch panels now you're inflating this thing rapidly and it's like now compressing your and then, then you can't breathe. Yeah, and so you know that's you really have to have the jacket that has the stretch right, panels right, for right. it that'll so you don't like die. But yeah. well, so when, how how comfortable is it just when it's not you know just riding? I don't around? notice it really. I don't notice it riding. I mean, you know, it just works. It's mm. like, but I'm using it with my track suit, which you know, while I'm riding on the track, I don't really notice the discomfort of a track suit with it being tight, uh, but walking around it's not really designed for that right um and you don't do much street riding anymore do you oh i do a lot of street no, do, riding. Do, you, yeah. do you wear it then too in a street no, no. i mean so we, the helite that we have is the um track version so it's got like a cutout in the back for a speed hump um and my problem whenever i put it on well first off it's to if it fits my hips or my waist then it won't fit lengthwise or it won't fit my chest or whatever so they never i never found one that fit me well um but even then the it has a panel at the top around the back of the neck area that kind of goes around where the speed hump is it's kind of like a triangle cutout, and that part up there would mm-hmm. dig in a little bit if i was in more of a street upright position rather than a more forward position mm-hmm. but that could be just because it was not fitting properly for right. me. I don't know if that's been your experience in attempting it on the street. I mean, it just feels like a, a vest. Um, 
you know. When we pulled the cord that time in the garage, it looked like you were ready to go down with a Titanic. It was like, all <laughs> yeah. oh, poof, it flated up. And it was, it's, it, the shit works. It's great. We have a little video. So the um, it sucks because Charlie's uh, GoPro was on time-lapse mode. So we just have a couple little photos of throughout the crash. There's one There's... of his foot high up in the air, which is really exciting. <laughs> yeah. um, and then the video, so the uh, photographer out for the track day was Got Blue Milk. And Dito was taking photos um, in turn 15, which is right after where he crashed. And he was also taking slow-mo video in turn 15. So Char- Charlie crashes right off camera and then his bike slides into frame and Charlie and I, runs into frame. I and like so we tumble, have a little yeah. video of Charlie like running and like tumbling into frame, getting up and uh, running off. And he's like puffed up like yeah. the Jet Puff Marshmallow Man uh, running off track. And you can see the people almost hit him and not hit him as he was running off. And, but what a, I mean, what a testimony to good gear. I mean, 65 yeah. oh, mile an hour get off walk away go to work the next day that's yeah. huge absolutely yeah. if his bike had been fine and uh, he had a secondary helmet ready to go because if you crash at the track they're not going to let oh, you on yeah, with a helmet mean, but then he would have been able to continue on well, for later yep. sessions right well great thank you and Jonathan's being so patient right here <laughs> and we're going to come to you Come to you after you've got a quick ride report for I'm us. I'm perfectly Jim happy well. not talking. Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, the, there's no escape, Jonathan. I'm sorry, mate. No, um, you've got a quick ride report as well, haven't you, Jim? Uh, yeah, sure. I can, I can chime in, I guess. Yeah. Although I want to hear it from Jonathan, I'm very curious because I missed last time. Um, yeah, so I was up in the mountains again um, on the Africa Twins. So adventure riding. Um, I'm starting to embrace it a little bit more. Uh, Yes, I was up at a place called Huntington Lake, so it's about 7,500 feet uh, east of Fresno, interestingly enough. One of the cool things about it is it's pretty close to home. It's about four hours away. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, But you're up in the forest proper and uh, high alpine lakes. Uh, so all the campgrounds are closed now because it's kind of, you know, in that in that time of year where it can get kind of snowy and that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, uh, I'd, I'd been up there a few times, and – you know, with the 450, not with an adventure bike and not by myself. So this was kind of a new adventure. And I was hoping maybe Matt or Craig, who we talk about every now and then, um, might join me, but they both couldn't make it. No big deal. So I'm like, well, I'll go on my own, right? Because it is adventuring. And ended up there and found a great camping site. Um, me and all the deer hunters. Deer hunting is alive and well in America. I will tell <laughs> you that. And, uh, well, we were in Mendocino a month ago when I guess bow hunting season started. I don't hunt, so I don't know much about it, but a lot of people do. So there were, there were, there were people up in the forest. So it was kind of fun. So, um, took the, uh, the Africa twin loaded up with tent and sleeping bag and all that kind of stuff and went up in some fire roads. And I tell you the Sierras, once you kind of understand how vast they are, they are vast. There is so much room up there to explore and to camp and to just get away from from other humans. It's pretty amazing. So I had, I had scattered out some places before um, and found a couple little creeks. You know when you got like that trail number like 5403 and then there's like a B and a C and a D. Well, I had found like F and it was this little offshoot of a main trail that ended up at a creek and it was absolutely beautiful. Um, so set up camp there. And um, it was a little colder than I thought it was going to be at 7,500 feet. How cold was it, Jim? You told me this morning. I know. Well, the first first morning it was 31. Ah, that's cold. It gets worse. Well, I'm looking online. I'm like, oh, it's 38. I'm like, that's fine. No big deal. Were you prepared? 
Mm. No, no. <laughs> well, you just keep the bike sort running of. next to you, and it kind of acts like a little heater. Well, you just <laughs> underestimate it, you know, and you, and you're like, by the time you're in the tent, you don't, you don't want to get back out of right, the tent, right? Yeah. But so after the first morning, I woke up. I had seven hand warmers popped and in my sleeping bag because mm. it got that chilly. So got out. It was 31 the first morning, 27 yesterday oh, morning. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? The sun comes up by like nine o'clock. It's probably 55, 60 degrees. Right. But in the morning, you know, I just got my ass up and started walking around. And, and but so what I'll say it was um it was great. It like quote adventure riding. I did 170 miles on Saturday of of pure adventure dual sport riding. So from where I was, it was forest roads, but I could ride out from Huntington Huntington Lake to a place called Courtright Reservoir. And it was about, so you go down to Shaver Lake, which was bitching. You're in the middle of the mountains. Shaver Lake, you can have pizza and 5G. It's mm-hmm. awesome these yeah. days, I swear to gosh. And um, so so bombed down there, had coffee and a burrito, and then went to Courtright Reservoir. So Google it if you haven't heard of it. I hadn't really until I was checking out the area. Beautiful high alpine lake. Um, it was funny because you could ride down in the reservoir because the lake Levels are so fl- low, but all of a sudden you're riding like in desert conditions because you're in sand. It's very sandy up in the in the in the high Sierras, especially when you're in a, in a low reservoir. So snuck up there, and then there's a jeep trail up there. There's a lot of jeep trails, and at least in California, when you hear it, like I used to think jeep trails were easy. Yeah, John shaking his head. Nope. Yeah, what's Not a jeep trail, John? It's a rocky like you got to have a crawler kind of thing. It's, the winch trail, yeah, yeah. It's a, I broke my axle kind of trail, right? But if you're on a, like, but if you're a, a, a good rider and on yeah. a two stroke, it's something that might be doable. But um, but that kind of stuff was around there. So there was one called the the Dusty Ursham Trail that was I was on the southern part of it, and I went to check it out, and I rode across the dam. It was pretty wild. Got to the beginning of it, and usually I can't remember the term. You might know, John. You know, at the very beginning of a jeep trail, they make it hard. Because they're like, if you can't get past this, you have no business being out there. Anyway, I didn't know so I went up there, looked at it, and completely chickened out. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm out of here. And um, and then went back into the forest. Um, would you would have done it on the 450? I would have tried it on the 450. Yeah. I'm about there. But, I mean, yeah. you're really embracing that Africa twin right now, aren't you? I, I, you're well, you're kind of getting into it more. I am. Well, you know, I've had it for a while. And, and I think it's in a, the last few months, it's clicked. I have it. I, I need to ride it. Like and, a dirt bike. and I gave you some Emma Love over the front forks, which really helped you out a lot. So we spoke about this, and um, as I'm riding, I did a lot of you know a, a bunch of twisty pavement going to and from. But then I also explored some of these Jeep trails, and what I've started doing it's like common sense. But when you get to the hard part, you get off the bike and you walk it. And if you chunk yeah. it out, it's like if you like yeah. if you're like a, whatever dyslexic learner, right? You chunk out your work, right? If you chunk out a difficult section of dirt biking, it's doable. I mean, I've done that all the time in my truck but, when I take my my four by four. Well, up there. same thing. And it it doesn't just apply to trails. I mean, you all know that I used to drive you know big tour buses for a living. When you put when you pull into a destination, and you've never been there before, you get out and you walk the destination and you chunk it out, even if it's a parking right. lot at the Holiday Inn. You need to know that you're going to fit that thing in there, so you walk it. And you, you're mentally looking about where am I going to put it. So, I mean, you know, we, we, there's a lot of analogies. There. So it's we like do a, that, too, on the track. We do track walks. And right. even when we are working on stuff, it's one corner at a where, time. Yeah, exactly. Where are you going to put this? 
do we have room to do this here? Do we have room? So it's quite normal. Yeah. yeah, it, yeah. It, but it's a nice little epiphany to have. Mm-hmm. Be like, I yes. can actually get off the bike, take off my helmet, walk up here and check it out. Of course, Nature, the, man. Of course, the funny thing is, and this speaks to your suspension work, is what do they say? No plan survives first contact. Because as soon as you pick out a line up this rocky, ruddy uphill thing on this 500-pound, 1,000cc bike, you hit a rock and everything goes awry. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, fuck it. I'm just going to look up and yep. pin it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where the suspension work. We talked a little bit about how right. you set up the bike where you can pound into either a hole or right. a rock. And as long as you keep your eyes up, your hands on the throttle, and as, as loose as you can be on the bars, the Africa Twin or the bikes just eat it up. Well, um, the common mistake a lot of people make with suspension is stiff is good. And... To it, it works to a certain extent. Certainly on a track, that's fine. But when you're actually on a trail, particularly a rough trail, you've got to kind of think holistically and say, look, I don't want to be tired. So when you hit a rut, when you hit a rock, you want the suspension to be super compliant and actually soak that up before it hits the top and shakes the bars. But then you need extra damping when it extends, but not so slow that it it hasn't finished fully extending before you hit the next one. So it's a balancing act. And it made, and when you explained it, it made perfect sense because, like I told you, most of my best writing comes right. as, as terror and a surprise because you're in a situation where your best option is just right. to keep – like all your, other, all your other options are bad, so we just pin it and keep going. But that's when the suspension means right. so and much. What I basically did on yours, and I mean, you know, I, 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 I did – quite a little bit of Emma's laying on of the hands. But in very, very broad terms, I backed way off the preload and really amped up the damping. And it worked very well for your bike. But it is a big old bus. Yeah. But the thing I'm proudest of, what you did, what mm. did you do that made me so proud? Well, two things. One, one was actually riding on a Jeep trail and actually doing well, like that makes trials me you very on the big proud, bike. But, but without a doubt, the proudest thing I did was change a rear tire on an adventure bike in the field. Oh, wow. It was one of the things I was dreading the most and yeah. hoped I would never have to do because I didn't think I could do it. And then you're faced with something where you really have no AT choice. Tubed, right? Yeah, two, yeah it's a tubed uh, tube, uh, tire. But yeah, two and a half inch fucking nail out of nowhere. Uh, Who the fuck knows where it came brutal. from? And uh, but yeah, but there's no you know flat tires. So yeah, all um, those nail trees. I know, right? <laughs> I saw your Facebook photos of that. That looked uh, insane and very very cool. You know, I you know it speaks to Recycle Garage, right? Because I've I've only been doing this for a little while, yeah. and in the so two things I'll say. One is the tenacity I've learned from watching other people at Recycle Garage. Charlie and Mike, and no, I've seen Charlie turn on motors. I've seen you guys tear all <laughs> yeah. sorts of shit apart. Every and and, and think people get things going. So I've learned tenacity is a huge thing, um, and pain and misery. But um, <laughs> no. So between the tenacity and Emma helping me, or no, showing me how to, I've only seen you do tires twice. I know your your feelings around changing tires, so I've only seen you do tires twice. The second time was a scooter tire that you did as a personal favor to me. And if you want to watch someone change a tire, watch Emma do a scooter fucking tire by hand. Bagel, how hard is a scooter tire by hand? It is not easy. No. Um, and and uh, and this was not a split rim. This was a no, tubeless was tire, piece. right? Yep. Yeah, it was a Blackjack yeah. 150. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But well, that's a that's a ten inch wheel, right? Yep. Yeah, that is not easy to do. 
<laughs> so my tutelage was watching Emma change the scooter wheel. And and if it wasn't for that, I don't think I could have done it. How long did it take you? Uh, probably two and a half hours. But it doesn't wow. matter. Wow. It got him rolling. Absolutely. And that's the important thing, because when you're out on a trail, once you're out there in the middle of nowhere, your watch doesn't matter. Because it's all about just... The sun matters. The sun <laughs> matters. The sun matters. It's the available sun. And if the yeah. sun goes down, you make camp right there. Yeah. And then you... Well, it's trippy. When it happened, fortunately, I was only like a mile away from my camp. So I... And this is one of the reasons I like the Moto Zs. They've got those super stiff uh, sidewalls yep. that you can ride out. So I rode it more or less back to my camp. Oh, I stayed good. on the main road in case it like, you know, because I, I did not have a lot of confidence making this repair. I'm like, fuck. So kept it on the main road, hiked down to my tent a couple of hundred yards, got my tools, come up. And I just took a deep breath. And I'm like, this is going to take me a couple of hours. And we were talking earlier with Emma is um, everything with it with adventure bikes. It's kind of amplified, right? Everything's yeah. heavier. Yeah. Yes. Um, whether it's changing the wheel or it's just turning around or, yep. or parking it for God's sake, everything's yep. just everything. There's more is significant, but anyway, so kept it up on the main road in case I had an issue, I could do things and then laid everything out and then just kind of started doing what, you know, we had done. And you had an extra tool with you. I did. So yeah. I was, I guess a, I was prepared, yeah. right? I, I had everything. I had everything to change it to. I had front and rear tube, had the sockets, had all the stuff, um, was able to get the rear axle nut off like easy enough. But mm -hmm. even that, like you, like nothing's given. Mm -mm. Like you could like, anyway, get it off, get the wheel off. Um, you know, you're working in the dirt, so you have to be mindful of that. What was hilarious though, I probably would have been finished an hour earlier and I love it is because <laughs> it's deer season. People are out. So every five or 10 minutes, hey, how you doing? You need some help? No, I'm good. How you doing? I'm good. You know, because you don't want to be rude and all that because you might need their help an hour from now, right? Because yeah. they have an air compressor or whatever it might be. And um, anyway, so, so some quick lessons learned. A is be patient because it's gonna, I knew it was going to be a couple hours and it was at least that. And everything's heavy and everything's slow. Um, Did you have a pump with you or do you use a CO2? This is, so good, good question. I had CO2 with me, right? And this is a good learning moment, and I learned from it, is I went through six CO2 cartridges. Oh, I don't know. I know. can't remember yeah. the size. I don't carry whatever six. Whatever the fuck they are. Yeah. No, and I, and I just did by – all this shit was kind of by chance. Ugh. Like, oh, I'll throw it in. Oh, I'll throw it in. Not anymore. Mm. Um, so the problem was getting the bead to set. Right. So I – so, you know, blood blood everywhere. Anyway, I get the shit all in there and get it sorted out and uh, – um, but then tr by like every moment you're like, is this going to work? But getting the bead to seal yeah. those. So the last, the last little tube I had, boom, it popped out. And it what a good moment Man. that was. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Oh Lord. <laughs> you know, every moment was good though. The, it was funny. <laughs> the, the funniest moment. I was like, if someone could see me or hear me, my God. But when you're trying to get the, 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 the tire off the first time, it's so hard to get off. So you finally get it off and then you get the, the thing out and then it springs out and hits you in the face and you get it back <laughs> again and again. I mean, anybody's changed tires knows this. Yeah. And, um, so one time I get two of the, the tire tools over the levers over and it was after probably 20 or 25 minutes, right? Fucking am right here. Finally, I get a third one in and as I'm leaning over with all my weight to pop it over the rim, I somersault over the whole fucking time. Oh and I just oh. flip over like a monkey at the zoo. And I'm like, Woo. but 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 in my mind, I'm like, don't let go of those two wrenches that are underneath the fucking front disc. disc. And so I didn't, and I flip over and I flip over. And but that was another like. So I, I I think it was one of those things where like the first day of riding was amazing. 170 miles of wicked dual sporting up at you know the high Sierras, 
And then the next day was, you know, two and a half hours of change in a tire. And they mm-hmm. both were equally satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it, that, that's what I learned was a recycle garage. You learn tenacity and fucking watch Emma change the scooter. It's all about the knees. It's all about the knees. You got to use. You got to use yeah. everything that is available to you. The heel of your boot, your knees, you yeah. just your body, the mechanics of your body, and you can do it. But the thing that concerned me, I think, the most about your trip, it's hunting season, and there's a lot of stuff <laughs> yes, being shot up there. And I suggested for you, Jim, next time you go up to the Sierras in hunting season, <laughs> wear like You're fluorescent. Fucking- jacket or something that is not oh deer colored i'm so sorry from santa cruz so i wake up yesterday morning it's no joke 27 fucking degrees because i turned the bike yes. on to see right fucking ice everywhere and he, i'm like well i'm gonna move around or else it's just gonna i'm gonna stay cold so i'm like i'm gonna walk down to the creek because beautiful creeks and, <laughs> oh no and i'm and i, and I start taking pictures of flowers and trees and shit and i'm very walking, santa cruz and and I'm like, yeah. oh, people are hunting. I'm still taking pictures. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like trumping around in the woods and people are shooting stuff out here. <laughs> yeah. So I probably went to 200 yards back to camp. Yes, I think that's quite smart. On, But I will say, get out and, and enjoy your, your public lands. Well, I mean, it is, it is beautiful. The, it's vast. It's open. I mean, there's nothing like being out at night in the stars and in yeah. the morning and all the stuff. I think out of everyone here, Jim... You have embraced this whole riding a bike for adventure thing more than anybody else I've encountered. I mean, every weekend with you now, yeah, you're you know, going out and doing it, which is great. I know you're, I know you're hot for it as well, John. I am, yeah. But you've been doing hot it a lo- lot <laughs> longer. I mean, it's like just you found your happy place on motorbikes very well, quickly in it, your biking career, Jim. You know, and it's funny, in this little this spot, Huntington Lake, you know, Google it, like, I didn't think much of it, but now that I've been there a couple of times, that and, and it's the exploration. Right. Right? It's like, you can see the trails, and you know this trail's going to dead end, and you don't give a shit, because you're going to go down there and see stuff, and see nature, and see animals, and see things you can't imagine, and it's a dead end, because when you hit the dead end, you turn around, which is an effort unto itself sometimes with an adventure bike yeah. and you come back and it's a whole different way. So uh, yeah, get out, adventure and explore. Brilliant. Uh, and but, bring more than six CO2 cartridges just in case. Oh no, I am going to get a pump. Yep. Yes. Yeah. No more CO2. Cause that yep. motherfucker froze his shit out of my hand. I'm all like, Oh yeah, look, there's air going in. This is like after oh, an hour when you're holding half, on to it. after yeah. an hour and a half of fucking work and I'm finally getting air in the tire. Yeah. And then also my free, my hand freezes. Yeah, because it's CO two cartridge. Yeah. Yes. Would you I was use like, that's to, did you lube the bead with anything? No. Did you pee on the bead? I, I did actually. I I, you I peed I, on it. No, actually, I, I had a. Uh, I oh, thought about. You did. No, I, I I got this. I got <laughs> okay, this, we don't want to know now. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I got. I actually, I have the second half of my tire change on video. Believe it or not, because I thought about it halfway through. But no, I just took big swigs of water and I spit it all over the tire. Yeah, yeah and that's perfect. And you it, know, was, it was quite feral. It was a very feral if, tire changing experience. If, I'll tell you. if you're if you're camping, you can get these little travel size things of Dawn, and Dawn's great for a number of reasons because you can wash your hands with it, mm. and it's a lubricant. It's great for fitting tires. And the thing I like about Dawn, there's no salt in it. So it doesn't harm the environment. You know, they always show ads on TV for Dawn, you know, where there's been oil spilled and they're cleaning up the ducks with Dawn. Um, but it's a great lubricant to fit your tires. And it doesn't, the salt in it doesn't make your rims go all crusty. So, mm. and you know, just a little bit, 
But yeah, spitting water all over it. That's what great about too. WD forty. No. No. <laughs> Gasoline. No. <laughs> Talcum powder is quite good. I don't know. You dance with who you brung out there. I was just trying yeah. to get all the fucking dirt but and rocks no, out of the fucking bearings. If, and if, shit. if you like letting the letting the clutch out and having the wheel spin with the tire not moving, WD forty is perfect. <laughs> um. So yeah. But no, we're coming to the bit we've all been waiting for, and I'm going to let you take this job right. because you told me last week. So oh, I want to get I want to get Jonathan back on. So. Yeah, so a couple of weeks ago, Jonathan did a training here at the garage for uh, for first aid on site. A lot of blood and gore, yeah, and which was, I enjoyed uh, very much. <laughs> I, you know, and I've never, as long as I've been riding, I've never actually gone through that specifically. And I thought it was a great, um, great presentation and something I, I think we all need to learn more about um, how to deal on site, how to do certain pr- pressure wounds and things like that. So we're not going to, we can't get into everything, number one, because you can't see it. So, but I felt like it would be great for him to just talk to us a little bit about best practices, things to do, what we should know, and we go from there. Right, and I mean, this is the... I want to be clear. So what we're doing now, it's it's basically you're riding in a group and your friend goes down. This is where you come in, right? Yeah, and that's kind of the same scenario that I presented to you guys in the class. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, so what do you do if someone goes down in front of you? And And for everyone listening, it's going to be a huge handicap not to show you guys in person. So I hope... The only thing you get out of this is that you should go take a medic course as your next rider's training. Yep. Um, and preferably once a year. Okay, so what do you do if, a friend, if your friend goes down in front of you? And Emma, do you mind if we use the example of, of your crash that we used before? No, we can use the example of my crash. So um, I was involved in a crash, Highway 25. I'm lying in the middle of the road. Uh, broken bike, broken bike. You know, diverse people all around. So use that as an example. Okay. So um, can, can you walk us through what happened? Uh, well, I was lying in the road. And <laughs> so I can't really tell did, you. Did to, you hit you someone? Got, or did you someone got no, I got, I got rear-ended. Speed. I got rear-ended at, at some speed um, by another motorcycle. And I was... Um, I hurt my back quite substantially, but I didn't realize it at the time. But I did lose consciousness. This was quite a few years ago. And so I was lying in the middle of Highway 25. Um, I think back down. I can't remember whether it was face down or back down. I was unconscious at this point. Broken bike by the side of the road. Another broken bike with a less injured rider over there. Um, Person who'd rear-ended me. And then, um, yeah... And so that was the scenario. Yeah, and, and that's what we went over in the class. Uh, so I want to talk about something. We're going to talk about uh, something everybody could do. And then we're going to talk about what I would have done and then kind yes. of reiterate medically what everybody can do. Right. So the first thing, uh, we had Liza on scene. Yes. And she did a really good job of securing the scene. So the first thing any medic is going to do in any situation is secure the scene. You know, look around. Is there anything that could cause more uh, more patience. Is there anything that's going to hurt anyone else? Well, and this was a a, a quick twisty road. Yeah. It was a quick twisty two road, lane, two lane, right? But you know that covers a variety of things. I mean, the obvious thing is you're on a quick twisty road, so you want to make sure traffic's not coming. But some things, is a bike leaking fuel? Is there a bike yeah, on is, fire? Is there a bike rider on fire? Is there a rider? Is, on is, fire? Are there down power lines? Is there right. an, a four wheel vehicle involved? You know, there's there's uh, possibilities are endless. Right. So anything that could cause further injury, so attend 
to that. And that's necessarily the first thing before you even attend to the victim, right? Oh, yeah, first thing. Because if you don't, you could become a part of the problem. Keep yourself safe. Yep. Right. So help yourself before you help others. And <laughs> No, don't do that, Jim. <laughs> and, and, John, I think you brought it up in the course. Uh, if Whenever you see a paramedic, they never run to the patient. Mm-mm. They're, no, they're always time they're, down. They're, they're slowing time down. And, yep. and that's a big reason why they do it is so that they can, they can look around. Mm. They can assess what's going on, what happened here and what could possibly hurt me so that I don't become part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. So secure the situation. And then. So in your case, Liza sent people uh, up, uh, up the road and down the road, road just to block traffic. Just say, hey, there's an accident. Yep. Slow down, which is great. So two-lane road, no other hazards, just just stop the traffic. Right. Um, the next thing is, as you walk up calmly, um, and I'll say this, another reason why they walk up so slow is because if you're sprinting, if you're getting your heart rate up, you're not going to be able to think clearly. You're not going to be able to go uh, to make, a, um, I guess... Your cognitive function is going to decline as your heart rate goes up. Mm-hmm. You're going well, to get into and, and everybody fight, else freaks out. You're yeah. like, holy shit, the guy right. that has his shit together is freaking out. That, <laughs> I, I guess freak there's, out there's, there's, sure. exactly there's right. a lot of information to take on board in a very short space of time, isn't there, Jonathan? Yep. One moment we're all riding along together in a nice way, and the sun shining, and it's a lovely day. And the next, there's... Broken motorcycles and broken people and blood and gore and bones sticking out where they shouldn't. And, you know, it happens so quickly. So there's a lot of information to take on board. So the more you can slow time down, that makes sense. Yeah. And if you if if you're right behind the person, just take a deep breath uh, as as you're looking around and making sure nothing else can hurt you. Just take a deep breath. Yes. Get your heart rate down and then look at uh, look at your friend. Look at the patient. What was uh, next thing we look at is the mechanism of injury. What happened to this person? How did they go down? Uh, were they hit? Did they have a high side, a low side? Uh, and you can you can tell a lot of the, about that if if you come around the corner and see them and see them down. What's the condition of their bike? Are they conscious? Are they unconscious? Uh, like Sean of the ditch, he was in a ditch, right? Which you know is not good. No. Anyway, yes. Yes. So in in that case, I mean, I. I was unconscious. I think I was face down in the road, but nevertheless, um, you could have looked at the bike and seen the back end of the bike was destroyed. Yep. So it's obvious that I'd been hit from behind. So when somebody is hit from behind like me, what's going to be your focus on is um, back injuries or just... Uh, and, and anytime there's a motorcycle injury, I'm going to look uh, consider a head injury. Right. Uh, and then, of course, if you're hit from behind, a back injury. Yes. Okay. Yep. And so if you're coming around, secure the scene, yes. what happened? And then are there other patients? How many people did it happen to? Right. And once you have that information, you send a runner to get help or you get someone on the phone if you have reception uh, and tell 911 what happened. Now, should you grab the person on the, and drag them off to the side of the road or what should you do? You should never move a patient. That being said, if there's an immediate life threat, and you know how to move them, go ahead and move them if you can do it safely. And I mean, obviously, there are going to be exceptions. There's an exception to every rule. Right. If you're lying across a live railroad track and you hear, you know, a, a you train, train horn coming. in the distance, you're going to get them off that track. Um, 
because you don't want your friend in two halves. But right. on just a road like 25, I mean... If, if there's a bike leaking fuel and you see sparks nearby, you right. drag them away from Yes, it. of course. Something else I've heard, um, don't remove their helmet. Is that accurate? That is very accurate. Okay. So awesome. if... If medical professionals are removing a helmet, it takes three people. Mm. And the reason for that is you don't want to manipulate the neck in any way that could hurt him further or kill him. Um, I just had a vision. Remember Dukaki Dave? What was that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Can you do the Bukaki with your water bag on him? Remember that? No, I don't remember that. <laughs> he was the guy that crashed on a dirt bike and he was about to die. So everybody took their camel bags out and started <laughs> pissing on him with their camel yeah. bags. And they called him... <laughs> Duke, was it Bukaki Dave? It was, it I, never knew why you, Dukaki Dave. I never knew why you called him that. No. Oh, so wait, yeah. well, no, so he was also a super... <laughs> no, but it's a good story. Did he die anyway? No, but it turned. It was Dukaki Dave, and then it turned into Bukaki Dave. So it was Bukaki Dave after oh. the dirt bike incident. Oh, so you could also consider Bukaki... Should you be in a... So was that a, was that that a good uh, technique that they used there, or what? Camelback Bukaki? <laughs> <laughs> for, for what? I don't know. <laughs> for most cool. things. Hydration? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was really thirsty. <laughs> saved his life. Good job. No, <laughs> if... If that is your idea of a large Saturday evening, don't let me stop you. However, <laughs> on to more practical, more practical things. So... um. We've secured the scene. We've checked the bike for the the nature of impact. And yeah, that and, might and not be obvious. I mean, there might be just a piece of crumpled wreckage there right. with somebody in a heap in the middle of the road or to and, the side and, of the road. And at this point, unless the bike is, is presenting a hazard, such as leaking fuel, we yeah. don't really care about the bike. Right, right, right. Um, so we want to go and assess the patient. And that's what we went over in the classes. Yeah. How do you check somebody for immediate life threats Right. before you can either... And Sorry, that is the very, very valid point is all we are doing is you're keeping this person alive until professionals can show up. That is your only role. Your role is not to be a nurse, not to be a doctor. It's to keep this person alive until professional people can take over. Is that correct? That is correct. And that's, as a paramedic uh, in search and rescue, that's all I'm doing is, is maintaining perfusion, keeping them alive until I can get them to higher medical care. Right. And so, so for me, I want to go through what I'm going to do if I come across Emma or a friend going down. Um, and then I want to talk about what everyone can do without any medical training if you're not going to go take a class. Yes, please. So if I see someone go down, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look at massive hemorrhage. We go by the, the March algorithm. So I, I, look at the per, I look at the person. Is there any pooling of blood? Um, if is there any tears in their clothing, is there any so, obvious puncture wounds? So pooling wounds? like external blood or like like bruising inside? The no, body? no, external blood. Okay, are, like, is are there you blood losing anywhere? a ton of blood? Okay, yeah. gotcha. So everything here is going to be because I'm sure you're perfusion. like holy shit if you're like that happens. Yeah. Uh-huh. So so you're you're just you're just making sure they don't lose any blood, right? And they can keep breathing right. until medical care gets there. You really can't do anything else for them in the field. Mm-hmm. So the first thing, yeah. Like I said, make sure there's there's no massive bleeding. So you're you're checking their limbs um, and without moving them as much as possible too, because you're with a motorcycle wreck, you're you're really suspect of a spinal injury or a head injury. Right. Now, as far as limbs go, 
I mean, are you, if everything appears to be give or take where it should, are you still going to check the limbs? Or are you pretty much going to leave well alone? So, you know, obviously, if you've got a leg at sort of like, that shouldn't be at that angle or mm. your foot's facing backwards. That'd be a bad You know, thing. If, if it's a break, um, I, at, at this point, I, I don't care. I just want to make sure you're not losing all your, you're not going to bleed out. Right. So you, you're interested in compound fractures. Fractures right. themselves are you know academic and, and and with us wearing with we're wearing leathers we're wearing gore-tex we're wearing waterproof things that could contain all that blood inside mm. the clothing so just just open the clothing if you see any blood pooling um inside their jacket right coming out of their sleeves maybe they're if, if you see any tearing in their clothing then blood would be coming out of there then, okay. then you're gonna be suspect of of some severe bleeding either arterial which will be squirting or or venous which would just be just oozing out so that's and the only thing you can do is either apply direct pressure or put a tourniquet on and i know jim you're gonna be excited about these yeah or or bukkake with your camelback <laughs> or the other but yes no tourniquets are a thing yeah yeah um you were talking about on the last podcast uh that you, you were carrying a tourniquet yeah yeah well you know i have i have, I have a bunch of questions but the only reason i carry, I carry a tourniquet is my daughter my daughter told me to Okay. She's like, carry that in a signal mirror of all things. Because I have my little kit and, um, and a lot of it is like blood, you know, stopping yeah. the bleeding whole thing. But yeah, but um, I do. I have it with CAT. Is that the, yeah. what they no, call that's, it? Yeah, that's the most common one. Yeah. Um, really, it's, it's a strap that you can wrap around a limb to get tight enough that you can stop the bleeding. Yeah. Uh, cat tourniquets are a really popular one. It's a good one. Um, but uh, there's some other things we carry. If, if you're out camping, like mm-hmm. you were, you have you have pronghorn straps, you have tie down straps. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's just talk briefly about what a tourniquet actually does. So if if we think about say an arm and a leg as just like this slab of meat, which is basically what it is with a couple of bones passing through it, and there's arteries, some are larger, some are smaller, and a tourniquet you're going to squash all that meat and bone together enough that it's going to collapse that artery and shut it off so it's not going to squirt blood out further down the line. That's it. And that's it. There's no, there's no finesse about it. There's nothing subtle about it. You were just squashing everything together. So, Well, and, and never using one, this is why I'm curious, is, you know, a you have to practice this thing, right? Because if you pull it out of your bag and it's all wadded up and Velcro, it's like, and you, and I would imagine if you need a tourniquet, things are pretty intense, right? You're yeah. like, holy moly. So practice it. But then also just based on what Jakey was saying, it's like, it's going to be an intense moment where you're going to be cranking on this thing and people are going to be screaming in pain. And you're like, I don't give a fuck because I'm cranking this shit down. And like, it sounds like a very intense thing. We talked about hurt. tourniquets like it's not a big deal, but it no, sounds it's a big deal. It hurts. like a big deal. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Okay, so we we went off at a tangent just as we did when you were giving the class. So you're at the patient, you've assessed for... Well, well let's go back to what Jim was saying. Right. You know, it, it, the, the way you had your tourniquet packed, you guys were talking about, the reason why it's a big deal to practice it is A, so you can put it on right, you have to get, make sure you get it tight enough to stop the bleeding, but B, so you're fast. I showed you guys a video of, of someone with a, a femoral injury and he was he passed out within 40 seconds. So if you can't do under 30 seconds, that person's losing consciousness. Mm. And that includes the time of injury. So you come around the corner and they're already down and bleeding. And losing consciousness is important 
that you don't let it get that far because all the time they're conscious, they can tell you basically where it's hurting. Once they've lost consciousness, you, you've lost that line of communication now. You, you, it's basically all you can do to help them is what you can see. Yeah, once they're unconscious, it just becomes a, a more difficult situation. Right. So so here's my here's the the conversation I kind of was looking forward to was um, kind of down and dirty is like you're not on the road you're out adventure riding right yeah. you're out in the woods you're by yourself you're like oh I know what I'm doing right until you don't and so a couple of my questions is like how would you pre- like I'm trying to think of what injuries are possible based on like my experiences of like a lot of times you're going to fall on a rock like you're going to tip over fall on a rock and maybe crush or hurt something it's like what should you have in your kit to get you back out like. So uh, pain meds and like, I don't like, like, like what kind of, I guess what, you know, cause you, I've seen videos where a stick jams into somebody's leg. Yeah. So prepared for that. Like, I don't know what's, you, you what's know, the this, down this dirty shit. This is where, shit you, this is where you. you, you really need to look at taking a course Yeah, because you shouldn't have anything in your kit that you don't know how to use. Right. Um, and with adventure riding, what if you want to talk if you want a war game what could happen anything could happen because you're on the street to get there yeah true you're on some sketchy two track while you're up there you're doing trials bikes on on or uh, trial stuff on jeep trails yeah so literally so anything too, yeah, could happen yeah. if you're adventure riding so back to the kit what to pack do you, think about where you're riding think about what hazards are around there and just just any trauma injuries in general and if you go to buy a basic trauma kit, you're going to have a couple rolls of gauze and a tourniquet. Mm-hmm. Um, and outside of that, you'll know you'll know know more about what to pack after you take your training course. Yeah. Now I've got I got a um, we talked about this during your th- during your training. There's yep. a uh, there's a group called uh, Road Guardians mm-hmm. RoadGuardians.org that has different levels of. Uh, of different packs that you could have for first aid kits, and and I really like what they put together. And they, it seems like most everything's there that you would need, but just everyone should probably jump on their website and check out what they have going on. Um, another resource that I want to provide is uh, American Red Cross has an app that is just called First Aid um, American Red Cross, and uh, that was one last time I took my course. Um, I was asking my instructor specifically about motorcycle industries because I'm a safety instructor. I'm concerned that I might have to deal with that sometime. Um, and it has a lot of like the app has places where you can look at okay if you're if someone is experiencing this, what can you do about it? And it has quizzes you can take for like based on this information to make sure that you know it well. Um, I have it always done downloaded it to my phone because even though I've taken the classes and even though I'm up on my uh, certification and stuff, I'm really worried that I'm going to have a situation sometime and then just freak out and forget and not have it practiced and ready to go. So having it super easily accessible for me is something that gives me more comfort that if I do come across a situation, I have something with me that I can deal with it a little bit easier while I'm on the phone with 911, whatever happens. So. And accessible, I think, is key, whether it's your Garmin InReach Mini or it's your, your first aid pack. So I was thinking about this when I was riding because I on the Africa Twin, I have a little dry pack I put on the back of the bike. It's got tools, my first aid kit, and then like a raincoat, right? Just because mm-hmm. you never know, raincoats are great. But I'm thinking about it, and if like if I eat shit and fly off the edge of a trail or something, my first aid kit with all the blood clotting, with the right? Bike. Yeah, with all the blood clotting yeah. and everything else is up on the bike, and my garment I keep on me, and I keep all my buckles buckled, right? My my daughter's advice again: if that shit's got a buckle, you fucking buckle it because <laughs> you don't want it coming <laughs> off. Um, but yeah, but but again, accessible. Like if it's not near and you can get to it, then it doesn't do you a whole lot. That's why I love my climb backpack with a yeah, with a water bladder good. in it because I well, can just put my things. In hang on, room. here's a point though, and we'll go back to 
to my wreck, um, I was on a road. And admittedly, it was in a remote piece of the countryside. Yeah, beautiful but San w- Benito County. But yeah, yes. but I was on a road. Yes, on the road. If you are in the backwoods of Hollister Hills and you're in a group of people, one of you had better have a first aid kit. Mm-hmm. Because you could bleed out from a very minor injury Mm -hmm. waiting for a first aid kit. Yep. Because let's be if you have an arterial injury on the trail, let's let's think of a worst case scenario. You have or you're in a group of ten and you have an arterial injury on the trail. You've got forty seconds before you pass out. And nobody's got a tourniquet. And so right now, you are completely relying. You've got a stick through your leg, and it's absolutely pouring blood out. You are absolutely relying on your friend's ability to figure out how to take off a belt or something and fashion a tourniquet out of that before you lose consciousness. You're going to die. Well, you know, it, it's funny talking about this. So here's I'll, it doesn't sound it doesn't sound a great scenario, no, does it? So so if if you're researching tourniquets, you just need to understand the principle of the tourniquet. Well, I think it, so it's, you can it's improvise not one if you have it's to. not just that it's the kind of I know where we're going with this is you've really got to carry a first aid kit. Right. And and like you were saying, Jim, that that first aid kit is on the back of your bike. If you get separated from your bike, you it does you no good. Yeah. Yep. So I think in general, I try to have everything for me goes in my pack. Everything for the bike, including tools, tubes, whatever, stays goes on stays on the bike. Hmm. Very, very wise oh, words. So, oh, there's just one thing I want to mention, just because, like this shit, it, it, we talk about it, it's one thing, but when you're actually in the middle of it, it's a whole other thing. As I mm-hmm. know, you know, and and just to comment is, is a lot of times you roll up on somebody Sean in the ditch was like this. This was a guy that high sided Hollister Hills went into a ditch with a, those big gravel like drainage rocks you know and he was unconscious when we got up to him he had a broken wrist was all fucked up and i another guy another car accident i was around anyway people will come too and they want to move yeah yeah and you're like holy shit no one told me what to do when this guy's trying to climb out of all this glass fucked up because you can't stop him right so i guess just be aware that that'll happen right yeah, or they try to fight you or well, something. Yeah, yep. adrenaline. But they're fucked. It's like, whoa, yeah. dude, just you're fucked up. Just slay down, dude, just man. Just do whatever you can. To just <laughs> adrenaline a is a wonderful thing. Yes, because once that adrenaline and back to me, the adrenaline kicked in. I was up. Yeah, you were, I wanted and gone. You well, you when I got when I got back to the accident because I was in front, I got back to you were up walking around. Yeah, and then yeah, half an hour pure. later, you were passed out again on the pavement. Yeah. And that was just adrenaline. Yeah, and that happened I, when I was when I I did a high side and broke my collarbone. Right, and I uh, I the shock hit and the adrenaline hit. I, I to your point, I thought it was great, and then by the time I got to the hospital, I passed out. Right. As soon as that shock wore off and the adrenaline went, <clears throat> I was gone. But you well, get that's it when what you, as Brandon you, did too. Yeah. He broke his back and was yeah. walking around for a minute True. because of the adrenaline afterwards. Right. So yeah. you, I guess you just kind of gently guide them to wherever. A yeah, safe place is going to be for them. <laughs> try to have them keep them comfortable. Don't let them move. Yeah. Uh, you you took about a half hour before your your adrenaline wore off. And yeah, it, it was about half an hour. It was beginning. I was getting very very because I wanted to get to civilization, 
and I was getting very, very woozy before we were pulling into Tres Pinos. And then I I knew I was done. Before I'd even arrived at Tres Pinos, I thought, mm. you know, and I just But about, you made it. I made it to the parking lot, and everyone walks in the restaurant. Meanwhile, I'm just passed out. Well, I glanced over, and I'm like, mm. why is Emma laying next to her bike? Is she checking something? And I'm like, no, Emma She's is fucking done. passed out. Yeah, and then the mm. pain kicked in. and Yeah, we gave you a little camelback bukkake, and you were good to go. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. No, that was all. the real one. It wasn't a camelback. It, was not it a was camel. three Pinos after <laughs> yes, all. Yes, it was. That, that's right. Three Pinoses. Um, not uno or dos, but tres. Um, oh, my goodness. But, yeah, so... Um, so I, yeah, if, if you see someone, if, if you see a wreck and someone gets up and they're walking around, they might just have adrenaline going. So have them sit down and then just get take the time to look over their bike. Because by the time you give their bike a thorough once over, their adrenaline's probably wearing off. And if they do have any significant injury, it'll it'll start to show. How, how reliable is it? Because you are a trained paramedic. I know you've got years of training. I know you're very, very good at what you do. I'm okay. So, all right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> at what you do. But for just a member of the public like me or Jim or John, Michael or Charlie, how reliable is it to sit and look at somebody and look at their pupils and talk to them? How reliable is it to assess any kind of injury from that? I mean, obviously, if they've got one pupil that's giant and one that's tiny, yeah, if they have a bone pupil or they're, they're, they're it's fixed, not a which means good they're not thing. changing with any light, then they have an obvious head injury. Right. And it, obviously, if they're speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. You know, if, if someone's passed out with uh, irregular or snoring respirations, mm. um, if, uh, if they have fluid coming from their, their ears or their nose... Oh yeah, we. T- I remember we talked probably about anywhere. that. Is, Any fluid leakage yeah. is probably bad. It. It's. I mean, blood is the obvious one, but if you've got like clear fluid coming out of your ears, that's a very bad thing. Yeah, that's isn't bad. It? <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's, bad. That's, a, that's cerebral spinal fluid. Yeah, yeah. a significant head uh, injury. Yes. So things to look out for. So, so in general, you're probably going to be riding with people you know. Right. If if they're acting different than they normally do, if, if mm. we call it, if how are they mentating? If if they're if if they're just acting strangely, then maybe suspect a head injury. Have them sit down for a while uh, and call for help. Have have help already on the way. You can turn them away when they get there. That reminds me of something that happened to me. God, about ten years ago, and it was funnily enough, it was out on twenty five mm. again. <laughs> this group of people pulled in. There was a guy on a yellow 748 Ducati. And he just, we were all s- sitting, just having a break. And this this guy pulls in, drops the bike really hard, pulling into the parking lot and bangs his head. And he's running around like a complete idiot. And his friends don't seem to be doing anything. And I said is he okay? Did he bang his head? And they said, no, he's a complete dickhead. He's always like this. <laughs> okay. There's no oh, first aid good. for that. Yeah, no first aid for so, that. So that was his They said, line. yeah, no, he's, he's, so there's value in that. There's value in what you say, you know. Um, and there are going to be scenarios where I'm sure you come across a complete stranger and you, you, you kind of have to assess it. But we're assessing for physical damage to the body. 
we're assessing to a certain extent for for cerebral damage and mental damage. Yeah, and and as far as back to the head injury, the the other thing you can look at back to the mechanism of injury is their helmet dent, cracked, scraped. Mm. Right, like when you, when you Charlie's the track. Is, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you didn't have a head injury, but but you wouldn't want to get back on the bike a with your helmet in that condition, and b it might once the adrenaline wears off. Right. Yeah. No, and also wouldn't we? I mean, when we noticed my helmet was obviously impacted we also then went to the paramedics and were like i hit my head do i you know and they were like you're good they're like are you tired <laughs> nah don't so, go right again yeah. but you're um, good so uh, jonathan i mean what else should should we be looking for so we've uh, we've assessed we've come across come across the scene there's no bleeding arms and legs appear to be where they should be the person's stringing a sentence together. Their pupils are normal. Clothing, you know, it's scraped up, but it's not bad. What else could put them in immediate danger that we might miss at the time? So if, if I'm on that patient, the next thing I'm looking for, I'm looking at is their airway. Is there anything in their airway that's going to stop them from breathing? Did, is there, did, did they bite their tongue? Did they break their right. teeth? Uh, is there any debris? Read, like helmet debris yeah. in their teeth. What's that acronym again? March. March. Yeah, well, yeah. give us the letters again. Uh, M-A-R-C-H. So massive hemorrhage, airway, respiration, circulations, and then head and hypothermia. Right. And of course, if they are conscious, you can, are you breathing okay? Can you breathe? Yeah, I can breathe okay. Yeah, that's or not obvious. I'm struggling to breathe. But even if they say that, that might be a reaction, you know, a panic reaction, right? If they can tell you they're struggling to breathe, then their airway's clear, but maybe maybe they're panicking. Maybe they have uh, a rib injury causing a tension pneumothorax. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or a tension hemothorax. Okay. So that goes into your, your next, is, is, is there any chest injury that's going to stop them from breathing? Right. And this is where you got to uh, touch Henry's chest. Yeah, I thoroughly and, enjoyed that. You know, Henry is built. He's <laughs> solid. Doesn't he's look like he's a stud. I'm telling you, he's a superhero yeah. at night. He's the blue Power Ranger. I'm Player. telling you. Yeah, he Player. Is. When total, you total touch crusher, Henry, man. it's like touching concrete. There is no... <laughs> there's no it's marble, darling. It's marble. marble. <laughs> there is no fat on that chiseled. man whatsoever. He's, he's chiseled. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just gibbering on now. I'm getting excited. Yeah, well, I knew. His um, hair is great. So, yeah. Oh, so, he's got great and, hair. And when you did it, I, I had you put oh, your hands dreamy. right on this diaphragm. Just, I know. Just, oh, that was the best part. <laughs> and you look, you're just feeling for chest rise and fall, and if it's the same on both sides. I gave him a well, little Well, why did you stick your hands down his pants, Sam? What was that for? Just for fun. Because I wanted to. Because <laughs> I Checking wanted for to. Just for moral support. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Checking, yeah. That was, that was my idea of a large Saturday night. Thank you. <laughs> so, um, so you, at this stage, so we, we're ticking off the scenarios. No blood, no bits sticking out, arms and legs, coherent. I'm struggling, you know, to breathe a little bit, but I think undo the jacket. Undo the jacket. Are there any obvious puncture wounds? Right. Do you see any bruising? Um, and, I mean, without without more kit or more medical training, that's really all you can do. Right. Um, that's perfect because as simple as that is, you could save a life with this, you know? Um, okay, or, I have another 
completely different question. Yes. What would you have in your kit to prepare to overnight? Like when I go out to ride, Ooh, sometimes I'm that's like, a good question. I actually have a sticker on the side of my bike, prepare to overnight. Okay. Like what would be some of the, like, are you talking about first aid wise or in survival? Survival. Okay. Like I'm thinking like a fucking garbage bag. Cause I could wear that like a waterproof poncho, but like, what are, like, what are some things you should definitely like, like it's, all of a it's sudden basically you're like a garbage bag, but I really like those uh, emergency bivvies. Mm. And it's it's kind of like a like a, a space blanket large condom that you can roll yourself up in if if you're out there and you don't expect to be out there and it's warm enough it's going to keep you alive it's not going to be comfortable right like all of a sudden you end up in yeah. like I've got to stay the night out here yeah. or something yeah I'm just kind of curious I like to pick up little tricks and tips from people that something to start fire yeah right do you, and you so don't have do you have bring like the little fucking dinner. sparky thing what do they call that the <laughs> John, you got not, one, not you not motherfucker. Usually. I've got one. Do you really gonna right light here. this room is, on is fire? Is that a Sparky thing? Or it a is a Sparky thing. Oh wow! Yeah, it's, the Leatherman signal has a Sparky thing and a whistle on it too. I, I just, I just have a lighter. I got a lighter too. Yeah. But, but, but like little things like that. I mean, that kind of stuff matters because, like, where we ride, you can end up, you know, thirty or forty feet off the trail. But yeah. No one would ever see you. Right. With a, and you're down there with a broken hip. It's like you know, other than like a garment or something like that. You know, what else can you do to, I don't know, put the odds in your favor. Uh, well, going back to that garment, comms is a big one. Yeah. You know, you went, Emma, you went down on Highway 125. Liza had to send a runner to get reception. Absolutely. To call for help. And mm-hmm. and then you, you were conscious enough to get back on the bike and go to reception. Yeah. I have the garment with me all the time. Okay. Because I live in the mountains. Yeah. You never know when I'm not going to have cell service. So I'm, I've just got it with me. You know, that's a good point John brings up is for street riding, a garment's a great thing. Because like a lot of twisties we do, you could yeah. end off the side of the road, you know. Yeah, and, exactly. And, but, and, and you don't want to die like literally 40 or 50 feet from a road, right? right. But and especially could. up in the Santa Cruz Mountains. So yeah. I, I ride it with a street too. I, I, yeah. I tend to bring it. So that's a... You know, Good a, comment, a yeah. lot of times we, we don't really plan rides. We just go out and have some fun. But but if, if you know where you're going to ride and you know where you can, then you can plan for comms. At, at, at every point, how am I going to call for help? Is it going to be the Garmin that I just have on me all the time? That's that's perfect. Is there cell reception? Do I have a radio? Uh, what are the frequencies for, for local uh, local EMS, et cetera? So just, just plan to be able to communicate with someone wherever you're going. Yeah. Even if it's just Jim telling everyone he's taking shit. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I, did, I actually, I, I hit Liza with that yesterday. I'm going poop. And I was out in the middle. Anyway. Yeah, I do. Send, know, I do send Liza messages for my Garmin when I go. Poop. That's what you want to hear when you're in Pakistan. I, I know she's in Pakistan doing all this cool shit. It's probably three o'clock in the morning. when you But that's, that's the one thing I do worry about in particular with you, Jim, because you are out there on your own. And... A very, very minor occurrence could get serious very, very quickly. Well, we were, with the adventure bikes, we were talking about that. The, the most difficult things I did all weekend, and it was challenging riding. It was a lot of fun. The two most difficult things were changing the rear tire. Right. Fucking Moto Z, you know. Yeah, well, a GPS, tire iron. The same when Charlie runs on his tire. tire iron in the face. Not yes, only multiple could, times, yes. Yeah, you could lose an eye. <laughs> you could, you know... Uh, but smash an airway. The other no joke was just turning around. Right. It's the little thing. The little things will get you. Pay attention to the small things. But literally, like, you go up this, oh, crazy little switchback, and you're like, oh, shit, I can't do that. And no joke, 20, 20 minutes, half an hour, just trying to turn the bike around. Yeah, that right. happened to us when we were up taking that one trail. Right. I had to, I went down. You were down further back. Mm. You know, I had to, because it was up on a hill, I had to grab the rear wheel and just pull it around. Yep. But it took forever, and I was gassed when I was done. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always reminded, I mean, solitude is a wonderful thing. 
And ultimately, motorbiking is a game for one player. But it always strikes me, if you're that back out in the wilderness... It's a balance, yeah. It's a balance, you know. Being with somebody just really mitigates the risks. Yeah, um, I want to say real fast, one of the biggest things that we can all do that will save your life is prevention. Um, there is the number one thing that you can do to save your life on a motorcycle is to wear a helmet. Um, after yes. that, wearing gear is so significant. There's a 37 to 61% fatality reduction rate by taking multiple courses. Ooh. So take multiple courses in your life. We got those statistics from the military. Um, it's a huge, huge thing you can do, not only riding courses, but take a medical course. If you don't have your first aid information, if you take medications, if you have some important stuff like that, uh, have that on you um i know isaac rides with a little patch on his arm that says first aid and you can pull it and it has a little uh, car that will come out that has his first aid information has his contact information for uh, important people so that someone knows who he is and what to do with him if he gets hurt so prevention 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 so once again we have run very very short of time and i always feel terribly guilty because jonathan always prepares so well for these things well, well let me and just just finish let's wrap this up yeah um, exactly because we're gonna, as, we, as, we as are we getting s- towards the end of the show so wrap it up and plan a ride yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and as we saw with the first aid class that I taught you guys, we're just scratching the surface. Exactly. We can, we can talk about this for the next when I years. And- when I do a history hole, I always say to people, I'm just giving you a little taste. Right. That's all I'm giving you is just a little taste. There's a lot more research to be done. So, ra- yeah, wrap it up. So and then- just to simplify, if there's an accident, secure the scene. Yes. So no one else is going to get hurt. Send help yes. or call for help. However, how, whatever comms and you have. And this is in the order it's happening. This is yeah. in the order it's happening. And then stop any major bleeding. Yes. And then don't move that patient unless right. there's an immediate life threat. And you know how to do it. That's it. Wise keep, words. Keep that patient. So you asked about helmets earlier, about mm-hmm. taking off helmets. Most helmets, in fact, keep your neck in a really good position. So don't take off the helmet. Mm-hmm. Just keep that person there. Keep them comfortable. Uh, if you have a extra jacket put your jacket on them if there's if it's shiny keep the shade because it might take a little bit especially if you're out in the middle of nowhere for for ems to get there and if you can call 911 make that one of your very first things just go send someone for help right out the gate so secure the scene send for help stop any major bleeding and other than that just keep them still keep them calm which is tricky because man we came up on sean of the ditch and he was all fucked up his arm was broken and he's all coming to and we're like like, bro just fucking chill but he did. But, you know, I, I found we were honest with him. We're like, man, you're real fucked up in a ditch, but you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You're going to be okay. Just sit tight. I wonder what he's doing now. He might still be in physical therapy. I don't know. Yeah. He had a large contusion in his Oy. ribs. I think he landed ribs on a rock. Nasty business. Anyway. Yeah. Well, some action items for this might be, number one, um, go take a first take class. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just, just, yeah, just make I think, you know, anybody who does a high-risk sport there's going to be value in taking a first aid class because, you know, with adventure comes risk and riding a motorcycle is an adventure and um, there is risk involved. And unfortunately, you know, as, as lovely as riding a motorbike is, when things go wrong, they go wrong quite quickly. Mm. Um, yes. And I think the more you can do yourself or for your immediate friends – and the less you have to rely on the skill of strangers around you, 
the better the outcome's going to be. And I think part of the theme, you know, to echo Micah is take classes. Yeah. John, to yep. take classes. Yes. They're out there. Take classes. You know, take a course. Totally. The second thing I heard was um, get some, fig- well, get a trauma based first aid kit, have it with you. Um, just for just in case, we all should be writing with first aid kits all right. the time, which includes a tourniquet. Yep. Figure, learn how to use a tourniquet. Yeah, and that's going to be part of taking the course. Is yeah. is what do I want to have in my pack? What am I trained to use in my pack? And the last thing I heard was, uh, especially if you're going to be in remote areas, make sure you have some sort of comms. Yeah, be able to communicate. Yeah, we had that dude on the show who had a heart attack in the middle of nowhere, and he was doing the Transamerica Trail, right? Having chest pains and hit the SOS button. Three hours later, they helicoptered him out. Yep. Otherwise, he'd be dead. Well, he was here to tell us about it, which says a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jonathan, thank you. I, I feel we're going to have you on the show multiple yeah. times. Yeah, we should. Really yeah, that's do. what I'm worried about. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't be. We I should, mean, you we, know. We should talk about it some writing the next time he's here, like yeah. a nice camping trip or something, I yeah. think. Is no, I think so. Let's do a podcast at a campsite. So, oh. um, no, I would like to talk about bikes with you because <laughs> when, when, when Jonathan first arrived, there was, there was this noise that sounded like a jet barreling down the runway. <laughs> Uh, and this BMW K75 arrived because there's nothing on the road that sounds like a BMW K75. And you're still enjoying that bike, but you've been riding the KTM a little more, haven't oh, you? Oh, I'm enjoying that KTM. Yeah. Which, which one? A 500. Oh, cool. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, EXC, right? That's yep. a proper, yeah. proper dirt bike. That is a proper bike. <laughs> proper dirt bike. And, and I, most of the riding I do is in the dirt. So I, I, I got lucky. I saw that on Craigslist on a salvage title and... Bought it, fixed awesome. it up right. a little bit. And What's that, like like 46 horsepower and like 250 pounds or something? Oh, yeah, yeah just ridiculous bomb. power to weight. And I just want to say Someday. before we go, people are kind of like, who the hell's this Jonathan? Who the hell? Uh, you are the real deal. You are um, military. I'm, I'm your favorite paramedic because I'm your only paramedic. Right, exactly. <laughs> but you are military. You spend your time sitting in Apache helicopters and jumping out and helping people, right? More or less. Yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> So he he's, knows, he's, I mean, on, he's on my team. Yeah, no, he, know, he knows what <laughs> he's talking. Ta- he knows what he's talking about. I mean, you know, we we have proper people, legit people on this show. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. Well, it's I funny. Just got all that on YouTube before I came in. Yeah, there you go. YouTube, <laughs> YouTube certified. Yeah, if there's a hole with blood coming out, just stick your finger in. Yep. And, that's from, it. From, and then Bukaki. Well, I learned from Jim. Jim's always like, hey, just talk to people. You know, and I'm not the most talky person like that. And uh, we happen to be in Home Depot. Hello, I'm Jim. <laughs> well, we were in Home Depot. We bonded over that's, rats. That's how I met the Misfits. We, yeah. I, I, I saw John in Home Depot looking like he was sponsored by Climb. So I went up and asked him what he's riding. That's yeah. your kind of guy. And I'm so annoying with any, anyone I see with a helmet. I'm like, hi, I ride motorcycles too. <laughs> <laughs> Feel like gushy. Yeah. Yeah. You want to be friends? Uh, but yes, talk to people. God, I was in the woods this weekend. You know, all the deer hunters were up there. I'm like, I wish I could record these people, but always take the time to talk to people. Yeah. Humans are great. Did they even know how say- to change a tire? No, but a lot of them. They enjoyed watching you, though, didn't they? They did. Well, it got to a point where I started, people would stop and, and bless. You know, people are really good. Most, yeah. you know, I think 99.9% of the people in the world are, are nice people. And, um, but so many people stopped after a while, they would stop. And I'm like, you know, blood, sweat, and tears over here. And I would be like, hey, you guys need some help? How you doing? They got guns and camo and shit. Oh, and I love it. It was funny. Um, yeah. We were going to read emails, but I think we've run out of no, time. We can save for next week. No, yeah. we're going to yeah. save them all for next week. So, um, 
Bagel, I know um, you haven't done much in the way of biking. I know you've got cat trouble this week, haven't you? Yeah, there's been a lot of cat drama here lately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, but we'll talk about that another time on the yes. cat podcast, perhaps. We love cats. Yeah. Um, but I know you finally got your, uh, um, what your Honda it? registered, what? and that's a cause for celebration. I did. It looks yes, like there's, there's two things behind him of interest. Well, well yeah, the one is the, the same thing I sold to him. Yeah, the CT one ten parts bike is back there. Uh, the, the donor bike. Yeah. Yes. Yep. So yeah, he's I've, got I've, he's got the donor kebab bike, which is yes. going to give the engine to the front bike. It's looking suspiciously yep. Japanese all of a sudden. Well, no, he's yep. a motorbiker now. It's he's time he gave up those silly scooters and started riding proper motorbikes. I've been dabbling a little bit. Yay, see? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's going to have a Hayabusa next week. I so, don't think I've uh, ever seen Bagel ride anything except for a scooter. Nobody has. Well, watch this space. Right? You have to go to OnlyFans. <laughs> Cost you 15 bucks. Bagel <laughs> <laughs> naked on a motorcycle. Oh, oh no, he has a skirt. He's got the skirt on. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so we'll talk further next week. Jonathan, please come back on the show again. It's always a treat talking to you about all the horrible things that can happen to the human body. Um, awesome. <laughs> how, all, how all the fluids that can yeah, come out. Yeah, all the fluids that can come out and what they mean. Pooling. Um, yeah, and, you know, tourniquets are always fun to talk about. So. Although they sound quite painful yes, in I'm, practice. Well, yes, I'm sure they are. Um, anything to add, anyone, before we all say goodnight? No? Don't, don't die. Ride more motorcycles. Yeah, well, Take classes. If you want to learn yes. how to change a tire, change a scooter tire. Right. Like, yeah, your story told me that I want a center stand on my bike. Yes, yes, Maybe or else you're looking for a big next rock. Next time you are doing a tire change, try using the tools on your motorcycle. Hmm. Right. Okay. What, and do you use what's in your kit? If you want to get ahead, get a hat. <laughs> and on the. I think it is time. To say goodnight. This is Emma Darling. <laughs> Make a gym, son. Stumpy John. Jonathan. Charlie. Micah. Bagel. Booyakasha. Booyakasha. We are out of here. Cool, cool. Oh, shit.